Hey guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report presented by Great Days Outdoors Magazine, the first podcast to bring you the local fishing report for Alabama's lakes and rivers, whether it's good, bad, or ugly, presented by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. If you hunt or fish Alabama or in the deep south, you know that it's different down here. Spawning seasons, patterns, food sources, they ain't the same down here as in other parts of the country. At Great Days Outdoors Magazine, Southern Outdoors writers pick the brains of the best Southern hunters and anglers and give you the best how-to, where-to, and when-to articles, along with so much, much more. Pick up a Great Days Outdoors Magazine subscription and become a better Southern Outdoorsman. Great Days Outdoors Magazine can be found at your local Barnes & Nobles, Books a Million, Tractor Supply Company, Rule King, Bass Pro Shops, or you can save and buy online at greatdaysoutdoors.com. I'm your host, Brian Sin. Thank you for listening to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report this week. And uh, man, we have got a great show this week. It is hot, hot, hot in Alabama. Uh, and it's finally warmed up. I know the water's warming up too. So I am looking forward to to hearing what the fish are doing out there right now. So let's get straight to that with segment one with our Coosa River Report with Zeke. Zeke, what are you doing, buddy? Oh, man, nothing much. Just fishing, trying to stay cool. It's a little bit warm out there, ain't it? It is very warm. Very warm, getting muggy and muggy in all these afternoon showers lately. I hear that, man. You uh, So where you been lately? You've been fishing uh, Logan Martin the majority, yeah, or are you uh, kind of bouncing around? I've been bouncing around between Logan Martin and Way. Been doing both of those mainly. I haven't really been anywhere else. Well, good deal, man. Well, those are two that we uh, love hearing the report on. So, uh, what are the fish doing? I know you said you were out this morning and uh, or had a trip earlier today. So, what are the fish doing right now? So, uh, I was out on Lay this morning. It was it was real tough conditions as far as trying to get a shallow bite. That Lay is a lot, a little bit different from Logan. Logan Martin has a lot of bank grass, but Lay is just thriving with bank grass, especially this year. The, the grass has come back stronger than I've seen it in a very long time. And the fish have been hanging around it uh, lately, but with the past few days of those 90 plus degree weather, it's really shot that temp up from, uh, it's been around 83, 84, and I saw as high as 91 today. So it's it's getting warmer and warmer so uh the fish kind of moved around on me today uh we got a few bites up shallow the what i call the scum bite it looks it's kind of like i'm not sure what kind of grass it is but so a real dark scum you can get bit in that on a frog and uh and the dollar lilies as well which is a floating type of grass which is really green uh we got a few bites doing that and uh we got a few bites uh once the sun got up, we went offshore and shallow ledges up around the mid part section of the lake, throwing a 5XD crankbait and along with a finesse jig as well. We caught some spotted bass doing that just on river ledges. Yeah, so I, and that's one thing I was going to ask, you know, this time of year, do you do you start up close and then work your way out? Because uh, some of those fish, I know they're still an early morning bite, but uh, uh, I would just assume as this water temperature moves out that that those fish move out uh, or, or the temperature moves up that the fish move out. Uh, so that's right. kind of what you're, way you're approaching it. Yeah. So right now we're, I guess we're mid July now. And uh, so right now the offshore bite's still good, but we're on, we're starting to get towards the tail end of that bite as far as it being good. And like in June, I'll start offshore sometimes. Uh, but right now there's a lot of fish starting to, kind of creep back up in the shallows uh all the creeks a lot of rain lately had the temperatures down what i mean by that they don't have to be much it just has to be those two to three degrees and uh had some of those fish we had a, a willow fly hatch as well here lately bluegill were spawning in so we had a lot of fish up shallow but i'm starting to see a lot i'm starting to see some creep back out and uh it's going to be a it's going to be a short time uh, I think seeing them come back out, I don't think they're going to stay out there for very long if, the, if we don't get much rain here in the next few weeks. That water will start to get stagnant out there and they'll have to move back up in the creek. So uh, I've, I've been having to honestly adjust every day as far as trying to catch fish because one day they're offshore, the next day they're up shallow. But uh, both have been pretty consistent here lately. Uh, today the offshore bite was definitely key 
far as ledges, just not deep ledges though. We're fishing anywhere from eight to 12 foot. So nothing super deep, no 20 plus. Uh, I'm not seeing many fish in that super deep water right now. But we did, like I said, we did get a few bites on frog this morning. But I think as we see the water temps actually go up, I think we might see some actually push back up shallow just to get in the creeks where it's a little bit cooler if we don't have much flow on the main river. Yeah, and I would have just, you know, I guess I've always assumed, and that's really interesting that, that as it warms up, that that you move back shallow some, because I've always just kind of in my mind thought, you know, as it the, the hotter it gets, the, the deeper the fish go. So in, instead of being right. 15 to 18 foot, they may be 25 to 30 foot uh, on, on some deeper ledges, finding that cooler water. Right. But what you're finding on, on Logan and, and, and Lay is that, uh, the opposites happen sometimes that that the that it, it, as it warms up they move back in some right look fish you know they have to eat clearly that's what they do to stay alive so what i mean by that is that when we had all that rain we had the willow fly hatch we had the brim on bed a lot of the water was a little bit dirtier so a lot of those a lot of the bait fish even the shad were up shallower so when that happens, especially the bluegill, especially on Way and Logan as well, those fish are going to break up and move back up shallow because they're they're not going to be far from those ledge places most of the time where I catch them. The spots will stay out there. Spotted bass will stay out there, you know, all summer long. Uh, as far as because they want to, that's where they like to be. You know, they don't want to be. I have caught spots out in the grass, but it's very rare. But as I yet today, the water cleared up a lot. Uh, and anytime that happens, that's when I see the offshore bite really start to turn back on and they can, they can move out there in a matter of an hour. Uh, it don't take long for them to, to make that adjustment and you can start seeing the bait on your grass and, uh, you, you see those bait fish sitting around on the lip of those ledges, you know, you know, fish have to be close by. You got to be close. Yeah. Do you pay attention this time of the year as it heats up? Do you like look for the thermocline? I do. It, you do? Yes, so, yes, that is a big, that's a big indicator. If I start seeing the thermocline slowly start to rise up and now the thermocline, I'll take this for example here, beeswax is very, uh, there's no thermocline on the upper end right now that I see. The narrows down, I'm starting to see a thermocline in like 25 to 30 foot already. So what that tells me, the, the fall turnover is going to happen pretty, pretty soon if we don't have a big rain or you know, September, that's what, that's what makes September or August, September so tough is that they lose oxygen out deep and they'll suspend. And I've seen it where they'll suspend over that thermocline and they're almost impossible to catch when they're like that. You can still catch them every now and again, but they're, uh, they're not going to be set up on, they're going to be broken up and those fish get real hard and they've been beat on by other fishermen all, all year, all summer long. So I do pay attention very close to the thermocline as far as what I do on these lakes. Yeah, because it, that when you see that thermocline start to, to rise up, there there's no need to even fish below that. I mean, the fish aren't going to be where the oxygen is not because the bait fish aren't going to be there, and, they, and they're not healthy there. Exactly. That's uh, You see it every year happen, and I've seen where fish actually, where they still, I think where they want to be offshore, but they can't because of the thermocline, and I've seen them suspend over that line many a times. And it's hard to catch them when they're like that. Uh, so I, I assume, and like I said, different parts of the lakes are going to have different times, certain times. And usually, the clearer the water, the quicker that thermocline rises. Is what I've noticed in the past few few years. Hmm, that's very interesting. Well, so so what are you catching the fish on right now in the in the deeper water? I know you said you, what you were fishing for in the grass and, and all, but when you're moving out on these ledges, I think you mentioned you were throwing some crankbaits, but kind of what are your, what are your go-to lures out there this time of year? So it depends on the weather some as well and water clarity, but right now with the water clearing up, my favorite, my go-to is always a, a crankbait. Two reasons why I can cover a lot of water and it causes the reaction strike uh, from those lot, lot bigger fish sometimes. And I throw either 5XD, Strike King, any shad color. I use the Citrus Shad or a Sexy Shad uh, color in the 5XD and the 6XD, just depending on how deep I'm fishing. I do, something else I do is I do go to a silent bait this time of year because those fish have seen a lot of crankbaits. And I, I feel like that silent bait kind of uh, kind of sneaks up on them a little bit more and causes that reaction by it. But 
um, that's going to be my first thing when I, when I pull up on a spot or I see them on my graph. That's because if you get them fired up on a crankbait, you can catch almost every one of them out of that school. So like you see 10 on one spot, sometimes if you get them fired up on a crankbait, especially if there's a little bit of wind and clouds, that helps out a lot on the crankbait bite. And also if you're doing it not super early morning, but around the mid morning time, if you get out there a little bit earlier, that's when the crankbait bite gets really good. Second bait's usually going to be a finesse jig. I'm going to put a Minestro trailer on there. Green pumpkin, that's about all I use as far as color-wise. But a lot of times I'll, I'll pick that up just to use as a cleanup bait as far as if I feel like there's more fish there behind that crankbait. Uh, also, we've been catching a lot of fish on a 3.8 swim bait as well on a half-ounce head. It's just something real subtle. It looks just like a shad, of course, and uh, the spotted bass really love, love that little tiny swim bait. So. If you go out with those three lures, that's pretty much that's going to cover your basics. And especially towards the tail end, we're on the tail end of the offshore bite now, are getting there. So those fish have been been beat on pretty hard. So you just keep it simple. I, I try to keep it simple this time of year um, as far as cranking and throwing a jig and throwing that little swim bait. Um, and I usually find success just keeping it simple towards the end, tail end of the ledge bite. Yeah, that's really interesting, and and uh, and that's good stuff. So, uh, are y'all catching a lot of fish right now, though? We we probably caught we probably caught four or five fish up shallow this morning. As far as we fished up shallow for a couple of hours, two and a half hours, something like that. Uh, once we got off deep or uh, deeper, we probably caught fifteen to twenty. So we were it was a little bit better. Uh, mid-June you know we were catching upwards of 30 to 40. The offshore bite's been real weird this year as far as we've we actually had a flood on Logan Martin about I guess it's been about two three weeks ago now Mm -hmm. uh, when we had all that crazy rain and that's the first time I fished this lake my whole life. I lived here fished this lake my whole life. That's the first time I've ever had a flood actually out of the banks in the month of uh, June. Yeah it was crazy. That was a crazy amount of rain. It, It was and it messed up the ledge bite as far as those fish can't sit on those ledges when the water's ripping that hard, they'll actually move up a little bit shallower and you can still catch them offshore, but you're technically fishing in, you know, four or five foot of water. So, and the water's just super dirty. So they don't, they were up shallow anyways. They followed the brim up and stuff and uh, the shad were real shallow. So I was fishing strictly shallow and during that time, um, which is very unusual. I love fishing offshore, and but I just could not, I couldn't even force it uh, for a little while there. And ever since that flood, it's been real weird. One day it's really good, and the next day it's it's hard to hard to find them. And you have to actually look pretty hard to find some, but you can find them. I uh, just use my electronics, use my hummingbirds, and I just get out there and scan. But ever since that flood, it's been kind of weird. I'm not sure. I think today is the most fish I've seen actually offshore in a while. Uh, I was kind of glad to see that, and I, I think it's because the water's finally starting to clear up again. So I'd definitely be looking offshore in the next few weeks as far as it's just depending on the rain. And these afternoon showers, the offshore bite's always going to be better later in the afternoon. That's when yeah. the current gets running good. And then if you get like a afternoon shower blowing in, that gets those fish, those offshore fish really fired up. Well, we've had plenty of those the last few weeks, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, sir. Had a ton of, and I've heard that from a lot of people, Zeke, uh, uh, around the state is the ledge bike this year has just been very strange. Uh, a lot of the guys, they, they live for that ledge bike. They, they look, they wait for those fish to move out and get schooled up, mm-hmm. uh, and look forward to it. And, and it's just, it's either been delayed on some lakes this year because of just the different weather that we've had a little bit, a little bit cooler spring, a longer spring than normal. Yep. Uh, yep. and then all the water we've had on top of it, it's just, it's created a, a really weird offshore bike this year. It has, and, it has it. And, and it's just, I think we had a mixture. We had a perfect storm as far as I was saying a while ago, when we had that flood, put a foot of water on top of that, uh, that the bluegill spawning and the mayfly hatch. And I think a lot of, you know, three quarters of the fish pushed up and, uh, I think only half of those half of that three quarters came back out is what it feel like or what it felt like once the water finally settled back down. 
Yeah, that's good stuff, man. Good report, and uh, love having you on here, brother. So appreciate you sharing. Before I get you uh, get you off here, though, you know I got to get a tip from you. So if somebody's coming in fishing this weekend, next few days, what would your tip be? Just to keep it simple, I would start shallow uh, in the morning time around on sea walls, or it depends on whichever lake you're on. Lay, I'd start in the grass, and if I was on low, then I'd probably start on sea walls or shallow docks. And uh, just fish the conditions as far as you see, the, if it's cloudy and windy, just stay shallow. If it's slick, calm, and sunny, go ahead and work your way slowly off the bank, fish humps and ledges and brush as far as just fish the conditions is what I would say. Good stuff, man. Well, we appreciate it. If somebody wants to come get in a boat with you, learn how to fish these lakes a little bit better, uh, whether it's Logan or, or Lay Lake, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Uh, yeah, so just get on my social media. Zeke Gosson on Facebook, ZPG Fishing on Instagram, um, and just contact me through there. That'd be the best way to reach me as far as if you want to get on a trip. Well, good deal. Well, we appreciate it, Zeke, man. Thank you for uh, thank you for the report today. And guys, y'all give Zeke a call. Reach out to him on his social media. Book a trip with him. You won't regret it. The guy knows how to put fish in the boat on logan and and lay and everywhere else he fishes so reach out to him and book a trip zeke we appreciate it man stay safe out there look forward to talking to you again soon yes sir thank you all right man take care this week's alabama freshwater fishing report was brought to you by intercoastal safaris you're at the beach and fishing just isn't quite your thing that's fine let's head one hour north of panama city beach and shoot some bigs intercoastal safaris has night vision and all you can shoot ammo and yep they're shooting ARs. There's no trophy fees and no bag limits. Night vision pig hunts with AR-15s one hour north of the Emerald Coast. Head on over to intercoastalsafaris.com to find out more. Awesome segment from Zeke. We uh, love having that guy on here. Guy's got a lot of knowledge on that Coosa River, so y'all be sure and give him a call. Hey, let's get right to segment two. One of my favorite guys to have on the show. You follow the report uh clayton bats clayton man you had a late night brother how you doing oh pretty good i had a uh, kids fishing camp i went to this morning always enjoy hanging out with kids at the go fish education center in perry georgia now uh just finished up my afternoon trip here on lake uvala and i got two more to go tomorrow and i get to go home for the weekend man you you got so busy that's a busy couple of days well what kids camp were you with? I, I love hearing this kind of stuff, man. So, so fill me in on this. Yeah, the Go Fish Education Center, it's in Perry, Georgia, and they do kids camps. They do like four or five each summer, and I always try to go down there on either Thursday or Friday of the camp and talk to all the kids about bass fishing and do some tank demonstrations and answer some of the questions they may have. You know, just spend time with them. I always enjoy, you know, giving back to kids and do everything I can for them. That's great, man. Y'all, and they have, like, tournaments and stuff, like kids' tournaments at the end of the camps? Yeah, during the camp, they have a, a catfish pod at the back, back behind the education center. It's also a hatchery for the state of Georgia. And on Thursdays, like this morning, they had a tournament for the kids. They weigh them, and they go in length on the catfish. Oh, nice. That's good. That's good. What age range is it? Most of the time, those kids are anywhere from like five to twelve, somewhere right in that age group. Yeah, time they need to be introduced to fishing, man. They need to. That's, that's awesome that you do that, man. That's uh, hats off to you for giving back like that. And uh, any of you listeners who want to get involved in that, I'm sure that that Clayton could uh, hook you up with the right people to do that. So, hey, man, let's talk about fishing. I know you've been out on a trip this afternoon. How'd y'all do? We probably caught, we had a little six-hour trip this afternoon. We probably caught between 25 and 30. We had one that was pushing six, another five, and a bunch of quality fish this afternoon, that three-and-a-half-pound range, which is good to see on the pond because lately it's been we catch a bunch, and the bigger fish, they were kind of sketched out. I mean, you catch 30 or 40, and you might have three or four good ones. But I think the quality is finally coming out uh, offshore right now. You've also got a mayfly hatch going on right now, which is always fun for the shallow water guys. They're leaving the water level up right now. It's at 190, which is about a foot and a half higher than what it's been. So all around the fishing deep and shallow right now is getting way better. And I look forward to get better over the next coming weeks. 
Well, you know, I had I had a caller on before you that, and we were talking about, you know, summer fishing and summer patterns and and fish moving out, and he was talking about Logan Martin and and Lay Lake how the deep water bite is almost over. He said those fish will be moving back up in July and, you know, in the next couple of weeks, August, early September, the, the deep water bite will almost be done. And I was like, man, that's so crazy to hear because I know in different lakes around the state, just from our calls in the past, do you see that Clayton as well? Do Or, or do the fish stay there? in that deeper water all through the summer until the fall gets here. Uh, there's several factors that go into that. <clears throat> like right now we got a good mayfly hatch. This is one of them. Those fish will go back up because the bluegill has got more protein in it than a bunch of the shad that's in the lake right now. We don't have any of those, you know, five and six inch thread fins that we used to have. So a big fish is their biggest meal right now is anywhere they get bluegill and there's bluegill that live off the bank there's bluegill that live on the bank but a bunch of those fish when the mayflies do start hatching they do go back shallow to eat those bluegill that are up there on those flies another thing that we got that i'm not, I'm not real familiar with logan martin and all that like with the current but we've got a good bit of current so that helps keep our fish out there longer than a bunch of other lakes. And as you know, what you follow is known. It's known for offshore fishing. It's known for ledges. And it will always be known for that. And that's where I'd probably say 98% of the tournaments are won on this lake. 12 months out of the year is off the bank. Known for it. It's got the river ledges. I mean, it's just how you fish you follow. But another reason those fish that do go back shallow at this late in the summer on a bunch of lakes is when they get done with the spawn, they were and that water starts heating up in that upper water column. They want to find that cooler water to be able to sit in. So they'll go uh, back offshore and they'll get on like humps and like here ledges, other lakes, points and stuff like that. But as the summer goes along, that sun penetrates the water enough that that bottom water level is the same temperature as that upper water level. And with that being said, of bass, it don't matter where it is across the country, they want to live as shallow as they can. So when you have both water, both columns of the water that's the same temperature, those fish are normally deep, and they can't go any deeper, maybe because of a thermocline or there's no food down there. Those fish are going to go back shallow where they can eat. That's exactly what he was trying to explain. That's exactly what he was saying. He's like, the food, they want to find that cooler water, and believe it or not, the cooler water in August for early September that cooler water may very well be, depending on how much rain you have, that cooler water may very well be in back in the shallow. And if that's the right. case, then that's where the bait's going. If the bait goes there, then the bass are going to follow. But, be- but I think that current, that kernel you follow, it helps keep that bottom water level cooler mm-hmm. like all year or during the summer throughout. Makes total that's sense. The reason we're able to, that's the reason we're able to catch them offshore for longer in the summer. Yeah, that makes total sense. I mean, the current would, would, would definitely do that. I mean, you know, when you see thermocline, I mean, do you do you ever see much of a thermocline in Eufaula? Actually, I've seen it more this year than I probably have on any other year. And there's certain creeks on Eufaula right now. that I mean, most of the time during the summer, we get that good kind of green, clear water. And there's one creek right now that I normally, I like to fish a lot. It might be from the spraying. It might be from turning. I'm not a scientist. I don't know. I just know when I look at the water, it's not right. It's like a brown color. It Mm. could be some kind of algae bloom. It could be from because they've sprayed a whole lot in that creek and there's a bunch of dead stuff. I don't know. But like there's a thermocline at like 10 feet, which we never see. Right. Yes. Uh, Yeah. Especially in a a lake like you follow. That's shallow. Yeah, but you come out to the mouth of the creek and it goes back to a beautiful green color and you start catching fish again. It's got to be. What are they spraying to kill the weeds in there, the grass? They spray the hyacinths, but a lot of times when they spray, they overspray and it might not be just the hyacinths. They might get the reeds, the pads, you know, different things. So what is the reason that they are spraying the hyacinth? Just, I mean, does it just get so much that you can't get in and can't fish it and can't maneuver around no it's just an invasive species and it's one of the things that they'll spray 
throughout the state. They spray it in Florida real bad. Huh. They just want to get rid of all of invasive species. Yeah. Well, and I know hyson is, I mean, that stuff can get, I don't, I don't know how you would fish through it. I mean, it gets so thick. Uh, it that, does. Yeah. That it would be very difficult other than flipping. I would. Uh, it, or, punching and, but that's the reason you follow has been so good in the past couple of years is we had a bunch of hyson's and we had a bunch of hydrilla. <clears throat> now a bunch of the hyson's are going away and there is not a stitch of hydrilla in the lake. Where did the hydrilla go? Come back. They had, there was some carp that got introduced. They're saying something to do with the flood, some with a hurricane. That big, that's more of a scientific question. Than, yeah. That's over my pay grade. <laughs> All you know is that ain't high, and ain't there. All I know is the hydrilla is gone. The, hy- the hydrilla, yeah. The hydrilla is gone. And uh, most fishermen, like a little hydrilla. Yeah, the fish love it too. It's good for bait fish. It's good for the spawn, even bluegill, crappy, any kind of fish that you go into. Hydrilla and grass is good for them because it gives them somewhere to hide from predators. It makes your spawn. You have a whole lot more fish that make it through the spawn. Oh, man, I remember the... In the water. There's, there's just so many benefits to hydrilla that outweigh the negatives. It, it's incredible. Yeah, I, I would I would think that ponds that that lakes would be stocking and uh, and planting that to make it you know because it's so. But I remember the first time I fished it years and years ago in Sam Rayburn in Texas. I went there and fished with a buddy of mine that that lived in that area, and we were out there in you know fairly deep water. I, I can't remember exactly, but probably fifteen foot of water and hydrillas coming almost to the top, and you fishing you know super flukes over the top of it in the summertime i'm like man this is cool i like this is oh, fun, fun to fish it helps with the water quality the water color i mean everybody even people that swim they might not like the grass but still when somebody swims they want to swim in you know clear water right so that hydrilla helps filter everything makes the water clear for people to swim and i realize a bunch of people don't like it around their docks i mean i, I wouldn't either really sure but yeah you gotta you gotta sit back and think of the positives. That's right. Well, what are the, how are you catching the fish right now, man? It sounds like y'all had a pretty good day today. Yeah, right now I could honestly say we're talking about deep end challenge. We could go put the boat in right now. If you want to go flip all day, we go flip all day. If you want to go fish ledges, we can go fish ledges. You want to fish brush, we can fish brush. Great time to come learn if you got a technique that you want to learn from deep to shallow. We can go do anything right now you want to go do. Well, well, I can you tell you this, I, like do. I don't want to do any of it all day right now because it's hot. And you got you got you to hang in there with it when that sun's beating down on you like it was today. You do, but you get out there and you start catching it when the time keeps passing by and you kind of forget about it, you know. Yeah. You got something pulling on your line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. And I do. I know exactly what you like to do. You like that deep water and, and finding them schooling fish and you dang good at it. <laughs> yeah, is there – this afternoon, we were sitting on a place, and I idled over, and there's a little wad sitting down there. And I told him, I said, we're about to catch them right here. And when I turned around and fired a, um, a Jinko CD-25 in there, and I caught one about six. I said, throw it in there. You're about to get bit. We sat there, and we pulled off of them a little bit. But we sat there, and we caught some good ones on that one. Well, both of us were sitting down, and we were just sitting there talking right next to where the school was at. We were sitting there about five minutes, and they came up actually schooling and busting on top in 25 feet of water. Oh, wow. That's cool. That's cool. So when you see these schools on your electronics and you fall up, how big of schools are you looking? When I mean, if you cross over a school and you see a few fish, you might stop, you might not. But, I mean, you know that, like, you know those ledges very well. You know those schools of fish very well. What are you looking for before you say, okay, we're going to fish this one? I look for not necessarily a, uh, a number of fish. I look at how they're oriented on the bottom or if they're on a, you know, a hump or a ditch or you, whatever they're relating to. I look at how they're set up. And when you look at them and you look at them enough on that uh, lower ants, you'll kind of know, like, when you hide lower, those aren't going to bite. And then you'll hide over the right ones. And I call it set up like little soldiers sitting down there. When they're sitting up like little soldiers, it don't matter if it's five or it's 50. When they're set up right, you're going to turn around, you go cast in there, you go catch them. That's it, crazy that you cross over some schools and they're not set up in an aggressive way. And then other places, you catch everyone in a school. Yep. 
Yeah, that's really crazy. It just depends. It just depends if they're ready to eat. If they're ready to eat, you can pick up about anything you want to throw and catch them. If they're not, some of them are like suspended off the bottom. You got some that are down there. That's when I go to. You can catch some stroking a jig, drop shot, kind of more finesse stuff. But when you see them set up right, you what do you what do you throw on a crankbait? Uh, Jinko CD twenty five, or either my favorite thing to throw is a Jinko trimmer head and trimmer shad. I throw a one ounce head on them to get it on down there. Now explain to people that might not know what that is. What is that lure? It's just like the old scroungers. It's just that they came out with a better scrounger, and you can actually feel it vibrating. I know a bunch of people are familiar with throwing a chatterbait. You feel it vibrating down there and uh, in 25 feet, and your rod tip looks just like you're reeling a chatterbait. I'll be dang. There you go. Good stuff, man. Well, I know you got a uh, early morning, and I uh, got to get back after it again. Got two trips tomorrow, so uh, I ain't going to hose you up too long, brother, but you know I got to get a tip of the day before I let you go. Mm, tip of the day in summertime. Yeah, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Man, you got to spend time behind them graphs. I mean, we're all talking about shallow and stuff. And I had my uh, client with me today. He was practicing for a tournament. He was like, what would you do first thing? I said, I'm going straight out here to the ledges. I ain't going shallow. Spend time behind them graphs. Get to learn them and learn how they set up. And then you'll be way more efficient on the water out there. When all those other guys are struggling up shallow, you'll be out there, you know, fishing schools and i'm in every cast right now i mean i know i'm casting to a fish i'm not casting just to the bottom you know i'm gonna do that in the front yard i'm casting to a fish to catch a fish instead of going down the back there might be one here there might be one there my tip today is just learn how to read those electronics those things your eyes under the water and today they got the active target you know where you can pull up there and i mean i can actually watch fish swim around brush piles watch the school of fish move just learn their electronics well, and, and that's uh, obviously a great tip. And, and, you know, you talk about it on here all the time is that guys don't be scared to go out there and just, if you got to leave your rod at home, so you won't pick it up, then leave it at home, leave it in the truck. Don't even take it and just spend a day on a lake with your graph, with your electronics, finding these schools and learning what to look for. And you'll be a whole lot better off when you do get ready to go fishing. When you learn how to use your electronics, when you decide to go out there and you're going to fish, you're going to go catch them. You're not going to go out there and go fishing. You're going to catch them. Yeah, you're going to catch people them. That call me, I got people that call me from rookies that don't fish much to people that's got $15,000 worth of electronics on their boat but don't know how to read them real well. They call me and be like, hey, can you show me how this sets up, what to look for, you know, which – that helps the learning curve a whole lot because, I mean, I didn't have anybody really teach me. I had to go spend hours and hours out there learning this stuff on my own where I can take somebody out there four hours and it takes months off of their learning curve. Yeah, literally months off their learning curve. Yeah, or years. I mean, because you've got a yeah. lot of time behind those things. And so, and that's a service that you offer. So, it, guys, if you want to come really, really learn how to get the most out of your electronics and use it the right way to locate fish, or if you just want to come get in the boat with Clayton and learn and, and go catch some fish on you, follow Clayton. What, what's the best way for him to reach out to you? No, yeah, then give me a call at three, three, four, three, one, zero, eight, three, three, eight. I'm also on Facebook. Like you follow fishing guy, Clayton bats, or they can find me on my website. Just like you follow fishing guide. Good stuff, man. Hey, y'all give Clayton a call. Uh, he, he, I promise you, he's catching. So if you want to catch him, give him a call. Go to you follow with him, and uh, you won't regret it. You'll have a great time. Hey, Clayton, man, we appreciate it as always. Be safe out there tomorrow, man. Good luck on your trip. No problem. I appreciate it. All right, man. Talk to you soon. All right, guys, let's take a 30-second break and hear from one of our sponsors. At BucksIslands.com, you can check out the full list of inventory from new and used bass, pontoon, 
bow rider style boats, new and used motors, as well as kayaks for sale. They love trade-ins, which provide a steady stream of used boats. They can rig your boat at their 18 bay service department or ship your new motor anywhere in the United States. They provide boat service on all kinds of boats, even if they weren't purchased from Brooks Island. They have factory trained and certified technicians, so visit them at 4500 Highway 77, Southside, Alabama 35907, or give them a call at 256-442-2588. All right, man. I always love have Clayton on here. Uh, great caller. Got catching some fish down in Eufaula. So let's head on to segment three. We got, I'm really excited about this segment because we got a guy, I've been trying to get him on here for a while. We've, we've played phone tag and it's just never worked out, but I'm very excited today to have a new caller from the Tennessee River from Gunnersville, Captain John Maynard. Captain John, what's going on, man? I don't know. Just trying to catch some fish. What y'all doing? Man, from what I hear, you catch them. Well, we we just talk about it. it. We just talk about it on here, but it sounds like you <laughs> catch them. We, we catch some fish, but I mean, it's, it, it's, it's a grind some days, you know, it's just the way it is, but it's not that bad. Yeah. How is the fishing right now on, you know, we're getting into this hot weather, water temperatures are heating up. What, what are you trying to, well, where are you trying to catch fish right now? Or where are you catching the fish? Shallow, deep, well, a little mix? You know, I, I usually do a little bit of both, but the deep fish are just not working for me. I don't know if it's because we had so many consecutive cloudy, rainy days and they, they just wanted to be shallow that, you know, the millfold didn't die this winter. So there's a lot of thick grass and I think a lot of fish are in it. What I try to do is I try to find groups of fish, you know, this time of year they group up. So it's feast or famine most of the time. If you was just to fish down a grass line, you might not catch anything. You know, you just got to find little groups and, and I'll just run a spot lock on the groups in the grass and, you know, we'll catch some days 20 uh we average 40 50 60 a day so that's a great day man that is a great day it's a good day i mean it's bad when you catch 60 every day and then you catch 20 it feels like you didn't catch anything so (laughs) (laughs) yeah that'll spoil you kind of quick there what about size are y'all catching some decent size fish yeah we had an eight two last week and uh you know we're catching uh, a lot of four pounders uh not not many sixes, but the the quality, you know, three and four pound fish are, are it seems like it's a lot better than years past, and especially the last two or three. Oh, that's yeah, that's really good, man. Eight two, that's uh, strong. And if you catch sixty fish and have a bunch of fours and threes and fours in the mix, there, I mean, that's a good day on any lake for anybody. Yeah. Um, and you know, most people just want to catch them. They just want to catch some fish, and and a lot of times this time of year, I've got people that. You know, I mean, they don't fish much, and, and they just want to learn. And so you kind of limited on what you can do, you know, spinning rods and whatnot, but you make it work. Yeah. Let's back up and talk. So in the, you're, when you're fishing, uh, you're talking about finding, you know, use a spot lock, finding a group of fish in the grass. And so this will be in, I mean, what kind of depth are we talking about this time of year? Well, right now, you know, they, they could be in the edge of the eelgrass, five, four or five foot, mm-hmm. and they might be right on the outside of it on that clean, hard bottom and, you know, 10 or 12. I'm not catching anything deeper than that, but it's day-to-day. They're not going to move far. They'll, right. They kind of stand. They'll stay for several months in the same little spot. It's, it's crazy. It changes every year, the spots do, but if you fish around, you'll find them, but it's always some type of contour change. You know, it's, yeah. It's never just a um, – straight line you know contour it's, it's some kind of change that they want to relate to it's a reason they there what are you uh what are you fishing with to catch those type those fish you know some days i mean you can throw just about anything you want to throw you can throw a crankbait uh you can throw a chatterbait uh football jig uh, but other days you have to just about put a shaggy head down there and just soak it just right. i tell my clients i Fish it like a chicken liver, you know, like he's trying to catch a catfish. Like you're trying to crazy, catch a catfish, just throw it out there. And yeah, I mean, you got to fish super slow, you know, but they'll pick it up. Dang. Well, no, is, are you catching, are you fishing offshore at all right now? Or is that bite you know, just not happening? It just never really got going. We, you know, we've had several, it's just sporadic. Sometimes it's pretty good, 
I don't know if it's I and I haven't seen that many people fishing offshore other than just several you know major creek mouths and stuff. But it's uh it's not it's not being like it normally is. I, I check a lot of that eighteen to twenty two foot stuff that I normally fish this time of year, and I just I'm not I'm not seeing any fish out there enough to stomp on anyway. Well, you're not alone in that, man. Even even callers we had earlier, uh, the first caller we had on here, fishes down on Kusra on Logan Martin. He, you know, that's usually what what they live for is this time of year with these schooling bass that go out. But he's it's just not happening this year. I don't I don't know if it's the amount of rainwater we've had, or you know, it seems like it got cool. Stay got really hot later on in the year had a little bit cooler spring than normal or a longer spring it seems like but i'm not sure what the what the reason is but you know other than eufaula that's kind of being echoed around the state is that that deep water bite's just not been not been what it normally is and that the you know fish that were out there already moving back in right i've seen it happen over here as well but i you know it just never really got going good out here when it did it was over and I think some of us fishing pressure, but I think most of it's just uh, the way they're pulling the water. They're just, I'm sitting out in the middle of the river channel right now and going backwards, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They, I, just, I, they don't run, not running water in the evenings, you know, the evenings there, you can go out and get a ledge by it. You might not find 10 groups, but you can find some, but you know, I'm using off the water by lunch and you can hang it up in the morning most of the time. Oh Yeah. You're just using your electronics, going down uh, the edge of that eel grass and finding groups of fish and targeting them and then just well, go f- and then find I, another one. I'm actually fishing for them because if they're in the grass, you won't see them. But if I'm fishing for them and I, I see them on my 360, sometimes I don't mm-hmm. have clean bottom and it's just plain as day and I just kind of back off and we throw right up there on top of them and catch them until they get spooked. Sometimes, you know, you catch a couple. Sometimes you catch 10 or 15 just right. all in the day. You know, you but, mentioned the you eelgrass. What kind of challenge? I mean, I know there's some probably habitat-wise for bass. They probably, they probably don't mind it at all, probably love it. But does it present a challenge as a fisherman? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's changed. It's changed this whole lake, you know, it, Five years ago, this was a totally different fishery. I mean, you approached it totally different way. Most days, you can't make a cast because it's floating everywhere, which is very aggravating. But you just have to come up with new ways, you know, either drop straight down or I've been throwing a lot of frogs on top out in open water, you know, in normal places I would throw a spook or pup are. And, I mean, they'll eat it. They don't eat it as good, but you can still get the top water bite going if, if you know the fish are there. But... It kills you on a lot of a lot of places where you want to make a long cast with say a scrounger crankbait. You just I mean, you just can't do it. You just you know, can't you do just it. No, nah, you just have to go to another spot and hope it moves off. But most of the time it don't. It's not as bad the last few days as it has been. I know after the fourth, I don't know if it's the boat traffic or what, but you couldn't make a cast anywhere. So that eel grass, it's not. It's more of a. It's floating, right? Yeah, floating it's just grass. floating everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know your line hits it. If you're fishing something light, you know a light shaky head, well, you just pull up the grass. You don't realize you're not even on the bottom. Uh, if you throw a treble bait, it just spouts up right off the bat, and so you just have to move, go somewhere else, and try to work around it. Yeah, you know, back year and the year before, we could run up in the creek and get out of it, but this year it's just like it just wraps in the creeks and the pockets. It's just solid. I don't know. I don't. I don't see it getting any better. We and that's just been around. And, and 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 that wasn't. Did y'all not have eelgrass up there four or five years ago? Is that is that a new thing? Yeah. No, we've we've had it for uh, seven or eight years. But you know, it used to grow out just past the millful and hydrilla, out a little deeper, and it'd be clumps, and and we loved it. You know, it was just great because it doesn't die in the winter, and the fish loved it, especially the cold months. But now it grows from zero to 13, and it's everywhere. So when the water fluctuates or you get a wind, uh, it just shreds it, and it just floats and rafts up everywhere. So it it's just, a mess. And, and it makes a mess. The bass, I mean, they've got, they've got 75% more places to be, you know, so they scatter. Yeah, absolutely. Which, yeah, they don't consolidate quite as much. It makes them a little tougher, <laughs> get tougher to catch That's them right. then, for sure. Yeah. 
Well, good stuff, man. Uh, got any? Man, y'all get so much traffic out there. Do you think the the tournaments and the traffic does it affect them this time of year a lot? I mean, with I guess especially with the deep water bay, it, 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 I can see where it would more. Yes. Yeah. I guess the other, I mean, the deep water by for sure, because I mean, there's boats sitting on just about anything. There's no secrets anymore. And, and you know, you'll see a group and, and you've got to really finesse them into biting, you know, but I don't think the fishing pressure has changed in the last five or six years. It, it's always been crowded. I know I fish a lot more smaller baits than I used to. And I think that, that has a big part of it just fishing pressure you know you just imagine how many baits these fish seen oh my gosh right yeah it's unbelievable and, and right now you know not many people are fishing you know i can come out and just see four or five boats on on a weekday and uh, i think it's probably because the eelgrasses drove everybody home i don't know <laughs> if everybody got sick of fighting eelgrass they went to the house <laughs> they got tired of that mess and i don't blame them it's very aggravating Oh man, that's... I mean, you still there's not many places that you can go this time of year in the daytime and catch, you know, and catch a bunch of fish. There's just nowhere you can do it. Yeah, I wonder if there's a way to control that or help control that. You know, they've got a, I mean, they've got an agreement. They still spray the same amount that they have been just around, you know, public access and there's a little cosmetic, but uh, just around ramps and some you know private docks and stuff but i don't know i, I mean i've seen where they spray the eelgrass around the docks and, and it kills the millful but within i don't know within a week the eelgrass is green again oh you know so i don't i don't know you'd have to kill everything in this lake i think and yeah i was gonna say hard. it'd be hard to just just kill it probably and right. not, not everything else that you would want in there well, that's good stuff, man. Well, it sounds like the good thing is you're catching fish, it sounds like, catching some some quality fish. And, uh, man, that's that's awesome for your, your clients to hear and and, uh, and and a lot of fun for you as well. It's always good when you're catching fish. If somebody was going to come up and, and fish this weekend or in the next couple of days, what would your tip of the day uh, be to somebody that may be coming up to Gunnersville? My tip, I guess, I mean, this week has been a little tougher than it has been. But it seems like I would find the thickest, you know, millful or hydril I could, and I would just fish it. You know, however I had to approach it, that's what I would do. Uh, I would I, I would focus on points and, uh, you know, grass points. Just don't really go down long stretches of just the same. Just look for some type of contour changes. Uh, contour pockets, points, anything like that, and, and just fish where you think they'd be and move on to the next spot. Because they're, they're going to be grouped up. You're not going to go down a stretch like you would in March or April and just catch one here and there. It's just, it's going to be feast or famine. So you pretty much got to find a group of them. Yeah. Uh, that's great advice. And, and, you know, that's just hit those points and hit the hot spots and just leave those long stretches alone. That's a, that's a very good tip. So I, we appreciate that. And if somebody wants to book a trip with you, uh, Captain John, how do they need to get in touch with you? Well, I mean, they can give me a call or text at 256-227-3277. Or I've got a website. They can contact me through email. It's johnmainerfishing.com Captain John, we appreciate you being on, man. Uh, glad we finally got hooked up and a great first segment on the show with you. So thank you very much and look forward to having you back on here again soon. Guys, give Captain John a call and uh, I, I think you can tell just from this first segment that uh, he catches fish and knows what he's doing out there. So y'all give him a ring, book a trip with him. Stay safe out there, Captain John. Look talk forward to talking to you again soon. All right. Enjoyed it. Thanks yes, sir. Enjoyed it. See you. All right, guys. Let's take just a second and hear from one of our sponsors, and we'll be right back. If you're fortunate enough to own a lake or a pond, then I know you want to get the most out of it as possible. We all want to manage and grow big deer on our place, so why not grow the biggest, most healthy fish possible as well? Give Norman a call at Southeastern Pond Management at 205-288-1371 or just look them up, southeasternpondmanagement.com, and these guys know what they're doing when it comes to managing ponds and lakes. So 
Uh, if that's what you need, reach out to them. And brought to you by Intercoastal Safaris. You're at the beach and fishing just isn't quite your thing. That's fine. Let's head one hour north of Panama City Beach and shoot some bigs. Intercoastal Safaris has night vision and all you can shoot ammo. And yep, they're shooting ARs. There's no trophy fees and no bag limits. Night vision pig hunts with AR-15s one hour north of the Emerald Coast. Head on over to intercoastalsafaris.com to find out more. All righty, folks, that's going to be a wrap for this week's show. If you enjoy this podcast, please take a minute, subscribe, rate, and leave us a review wherever you listen. And if you'd like us to email you this podcast, we'll do that each and every week as well. All you have to do is text the word fishing to 314-665-1767, and we'll email you the show each and every week. Appreciate you guys listening. Tell a friend. Drop us a review. We appreciate it. Look forward to seeing you again next week. This week's Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report was brought to you by Sun South. If your to-do list requires work on the land, come see us at Sun South. We listen to your needs so you get the right equipment and the right implements at a price you can afford. For John Deere equipment sales, parts, and service, come see us at Sun South. Equipment for those that do. And brought to you by Photonist Defense, PD Pro Ultralight Ultra Compact Night Vision Systems. Simply the best in-class night vision system ever built. Contact us at PhotonistDefense.com to learn more. Photonist Defense, Masters of Darkness. And brought to you by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. Become a better southern hunter and angler and pick up your copy today wherever fine magazines are sold or save a bundle online at greatdaysoutdoors.com. And by BM Pole Company is more than just panfish. Check out their Sam Super Salt series designed for shallow water fishing for trout and redfish at bnmpoles.com. And brought to you by Bucks Island is a family-owned and operated business since 1948. At BucksIslands.com, you can check out the full list of inventory from new and used bass, pontoon, bow rider style boats, new and used motors, as well as kayaks for sale. Give them a call at 256-442-2588. And brought to you by Brian Sand with National Land Realty. You already trust me with your fishing report, so trust me to help you find or sell that next piece of property as well. Just give me a call at 601-383-2344.